Hello, everyone, and welcome to Coffee with Cannon. Uh, nasty day out there today. I saw today, uh, I'm so happy I'm not driving into the city every day. I saw some real bad accidents on the Sawmill River Parkway. In fact, there was a fatality uh, this morning at 6.30 by the Cross County Parkway, and uh, horrible, horrible, you know. I'm just happy I, I'm not driving in there anymore. A lot of things happening. Something has just occurred that has really, really infuriated me if you've been a police officer if you came up through the uh, broken window style policing comstat um what's happening now is really really disturbing and what's so disturbing is that besides there being a new mayor and a new police commissioner we now have a new district attorney his name is alvin bragg and he's come up uh in a memo to uh, his adas his assistant district attorneys He's come up with these, these policies that are, are simply, simply frightening. If you speak about wokeness and progressive politics, it's just, I mean, it makes me want to move out of the state. It really does. And I know for a fact that what he's talking about um, is just total horseshit because it's been tried in several other, other cities. It's been tried in Chicago. How's it working out for Chicago? It's been tried in Baltimore. It's been tried in. Um, uh, San Francisco, Philadelphia, all of the highest crime woke areas in in uh, in the United States. We have a, a special guest joining us right now. Hey, Bill. How are you doing? How are you, brother? Hey, well, listen, I, I've been listening to what you're talking about, and this is just madness, what's going on. You know, Ron, I'm so, I'm like actually upset about it. I'm really upset because, you know, I'm really rooting for Eric Adams. I really am. I don't have a lot of faith in him because I know who he is. I know who he was. I know he was never a crime fighter as a cop. And all of a sudden, he's talking a tough game. But he's on board with this wokeness, this nonsense. He's on board with it. And I cannot, I don't know Keyshant Sewell, the new police commissioner, but I got to believe that she's on board with this nonsense too. And what it means to me is that New York City is going to be one of the worst crime cities in the nation. You know, I think uh, you're right on track with this, Bill, because we as crime fighters in the 80s for yourself and me in the early 90s, we saw uh, several administrations come through with these type of ideal, uh, ide ideals, the, the, the leaving these low-level crimes and not prosecuting them, it's going to lead to a crime surge because we're going to have people jump in the turnstile, we have people driving their vehicles without insurance and no license. And who's going to suffer? Who's going to pay the price for it? We're going to pay the price for it. Prostitution is going to be back on the streets. They're not uh, looking to prosecute any of these crimes. And this this whole woke left side, look at what's happening at the smashing grabs that you've been talking about in California. Well, that's coming to New York City. And I don't want to send my family in to see a Broadway show when I know that these low-level crimes, the criminals are going to get word of it and they're going to be running the streets. And that's going to happen. That's what we're looking at. And that's really a doomsday prediction. But you know what, Bill? You and I know that's the result of this. You know, Ron, I want to play a short little uh, video of what uh, this means, this new wokeness, this new uh, failure to prosecute, this uh, decarceration. I want to show a little bit of this, uh, and we'll comment after, after I play this. Absolutely. 
Manhattan's new district attorney. Alvin Bragg says it is time to, uh, to make that move to keep his campaign promise of criminal justice reform. He says he'll stop seeking prison sentences for some criminal charges and will downgrade some felony charges in cases including armed robberies and drug dealing. CBS 2's Andrea Klein-Thomas has the plan and the opposition to it. With just days on the job, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg is changing how some crimes will be prosecuted. It fulfills a campaign promise Bragg says is informed by his upbringing in Harlem and personal experiences, both confronting and upholding the law. Having had an automatic weapon to my, my head, a knife to my throat, I wanted um, to give voice to the people who know those experiences uh, to give context to those who don't. In a memo to staff, offenses like marijuana misdemeanors, prostitution, and fear evasion will no longer be prosecuted. Bragg says the changes will allow attorneys more time to prosecute violent offenses. Obviously, there's going to be a government response, um, but for, for fear evasion, it's not going to be incarceration, not in Manhattan. I had a, you know, a, a shootout on my block a month ago. Uh, you know, we need to be focused on that. The new guidelines are framed by principles, including investing more in programs to keep offenders out of jail, reducing the pretrial jail population, limiting the number of youth tried as adults, and providing more programs to those returning home after incarceration. I have not communicated with the DA. Uh, I have not uh, looked over and analyzed exactly what he's calling for. But on the campaign trail, Mayor Adams advocated for both more services and also higher bail and incarceration for offenders. Adams says he hopes to convene a meeting with lawmakers, DAs and law enforcement. We want everyone to get in the room and operate off the same playbook. We can have the justice we deserve with the public safety we need. You know, Ron, I, I find this outrageous because, you know, something, let's not start chanting Eric Adams. Let's not, we, we can have the public safety we deserve with the safety we need. Come on. Uh, here's Phil Grimaldi joining us. Ron, I, I want to, one of the things I really, what's really infuriated me the most, and it's how woke progressives talk about certain crimes as not being violent. This is right from the, an article Armed robbers who use guns or other deadly weapons to stick up stores and other businesses will be prosecuted only for petty larceny, a misdemeanor, provided no victims were seriously injured and there's no genuine risk of physical harm to anyone. I, that, to me, I want to leave this city and this state if that's the law. And first of all, a district attorney does not have, he does not make laws. He's supposed to right. prosecute laws. To me, to I cannot believe that that's actually happening in this city. I cannot believe yeah. it. Hey, Bill, I understand. I'm equally as hopped up. If I wasn't at my place of business, I'd be screaming and shouting as well. Uh, but really, you know, not prosecuting and sending a message out to perpetrators. And most of our criminals, and Phil, all three of us can agree on this. When I look at the rap sheet of the people that I went after in the Warren Squad and Fugitive Enforcement, they all had these petty crimes in their resume, if you will. So when we look at their rap sheet, we would see criminal trespass. We would see theft of service. We would see uh, petty larceny and things of that nature. So if you're sending a message to somebody, if you're being, if you're committing these type of petty offenses and we're not going to prosecute you, there's going to be a hands-off approach. You're going to have people jump in the turnstiles. The, all the people who are paying to come onto the subways and the buses are going to see these people refusing to pay. Um, it's just a horrible message to send out. And in 2022, we were looking for hope. We were looking for enforcement from Eric Adams. And 
for him to say, I have to have a conversation with my district attorney. No, that conversation should have been had before he put out a press statement. Bill, I shared with you the actual memo that the district attorney sent out to his staff. It's despicable. If you read that, you want to throw up. You know, but Ron, we, we get back to the electorate. The electorate keeps electing these people. We had eight years of the worst mayor in New York City history, and he had the balls to say, New York City's in a better place now than when I first came on. I was. It reminds you of that street expression: "Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining," because that's you know that's what they're doing. Philly, I have a big question for you: Is burglary a nonviolent or a violent crime? Well, I think uh, we know the answer to that, Billy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Burglary is a violent crime because there are many burglars that carry weapons. Uh, Detective Louis Miller, who was killed in the 7 0 precinct uh, in 1987 while I was there, I was actually on the scene after he was shot and killed him, and Mark Delpino was shot. It was a burglary. It was a burglary that they were carrying a gun when they were encountered by uh, several police officers. A gunfight ensued. Louis Miller lost his life. Mark Delpino was shot. Now, that's one example. They carry burglar's tools. A screwdriver can be a deadly weapon, correct? Uh, a burglar's tool. If you poke somebody in the eye with a burglar's tool with a pick, uh, would that be a deadly you weapon? You know, so, Phil, one of, the, one of the things I was really looking for, too, and you, you, you're you uh, defining it pretty well, is that if the homeowner is home, that it's now a home invasion. No, of course, it's going to be a violent crime. Of and course. For, for these yeah. morons, these politicians, this DA brag to tell us that burglary is not, you can see I'm all wound up. I am so pissed off. When they try to say an armed robbery, they're going to plead it down to a pettit larceny? I, I, it's time to leave this state, or it's time to unelect these morons. Bill, I, want to read, I want to read for the audience um, a little piece of this statement from District Attorney Bragg. He said in a statement, his office will stop prosecuting people for theft of service, trespass, unless it accompanies a stalking charge. So you can trespass as long as you're not stalking somebody. Um, aggravated unlicensed operation of a motor vehicle. So you could just drive a vehicle without a license, without an insurance in this in the uh, bar, in the borough of New York County. That's Manhattan. Uh, also, any routine traffic violations not accompanied by a felony. That means you're sending a message that you could run red lights, you can go through stop signs, you could speed, and not be summoned. No vehicle and traffic uh, violations that are not accompanied by felony charges. So if you carry a gun in your vehicle illegally, you could get a summons for a red light. If not, they got to let you go. Uh, obstructing governmental administration. You and I and Phil uh, all know this. This is when someone stops police or uh, any government agent from doing their job. In interfering. In, uh, those are not chargeable. Uh, obstructing governmental administration. Resisting arrest. You're sending a message to the people of New York County, that's Manhattan, that you can resist arrest and not be charged. And the final whopper, prostitution. So you're telling me that you can send street prostitutes out back again on 42nd Street. Go for it. It's okay. We're not going to prosecute it. It's ludicrous. And, you know, and Ron, what, 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 I just want to make one comment. This is also in, in ADA Bragg's, excuse me, District Attorney Bragg's letter to his ADAs. In an accompanying day one letter to his staff, Bragg claimed these policy changes not only will in and of themselves make us safer, 
They also will free up prosecutorial resources to focus on violent crime. That is out and out nonsense. It's How does line. it make us safer? Show it's me statistics line. where this kind of crap makes us safer. Show it to me. Duty, Ron, I'm so glad that you brought up all of those things, but there's one thing I want to drill down on. Prostitution in this day and age is aimed at young girls, young women. This is a problem that they target young girls. They, they try to get them drug addicted. They try to get them reliant on a pimp, and then they put them on the streets. Where are the women's groups that are should be outraged about this? We need enforcement on prostitution and all of the other things that you cited, Ronnie. You, we need the enforcement. This is where it starts. I mean, if you take a young girl and she winds up on the street and then there's not going to be an arrest made. It's going to be like, go ahead, go, go do what you got to do. Where the is pimps are celebrating. The pimps are celebrating right now. Of course. Like, back of in course. business. We can of course. send our girls out in Manhattan and make money. Listen, you know, one of the other things that he cited that he's not going to charge. Now, you you guys both know, and I'll lay this out real quick. You do a car stop. You pull somebody over for running a red light. Uh, excuse me, uh, can I have your license and registration? Uh, insurance card, you ran a red light. I'm not giving you anything. It turns into an arrest situation. You tell the person, if you don't give me your stuff, you're going to be arrested. You open the door. You go to take them out of the car. They begin to resist. Now, they, the, the, the specific thing that he said is, if it's a resisting arrest charge... Based on a violation, we're not going to charge it. So that tells you that you can either tell the cop to go screw and you can give him nothing and he can't even arrest you. He can't arrest you. This is taking the power away from the police. Now, you know, something. what message does this send to the police that are trying to enforce the law? Now I question, what is the law? And how about the thug that goes into a commercial location? Notice they use that as an example. They use the commercial location because somehow someone that runs a business doesn't count in this city and doesn't count in the world of of wokeness. So he goes into a place, sticks a gun in the guy's face, relieves him of all his hard-earned money, but because he doesn't shoot him, let's make that a pettit larceny. It's completely ridiculous. Um, they, 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 Black Lives Matter during uh, last summer's riots. They were when when they were looting stores. They were saying, "Well, if they want to uh, just, uh, you know, they want to burn off some energy and they want to uh, do their protest, and and if they take a Target and they empty it, well, Target has insurance. That's not the way it goes in 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 America. Come on, what are we talking about? And in Philly, we're going to be seeing these smashing grabs left and right now going on here in. Macy's on Fifth Avenue. You're going to be seeing it happening in all the stores across the New York City. It's it's th- this is open field day for perpetrators. And the message is being sent, Ronnie, to these young kids that go do it. Nothing's going to happen. That's why they're doing it. It's almost listen. I'm not saying you can't blame them, but it's almost that you can't blame them. If you're a young kid living in the inner city and you got nothing, and they say, "Come on, let's go do a smash and grab," nothing's right. going to happen to you. Where's the deterrent? There is right. none. I'm going to play a little bit of this video, and this is of Eric Adams talking about gun violence. uh, And let's just listen to what he has to say here. Thanks for working me up before my life. Not bring (laughs) violence to this city. That is not going to continue to happen in the city of New York. Eric Adams spent his second day in office Sunday with police commissioner Keechot Sewell and elected officials listening to the stories of trauma from families who lost loved ones. In 2008, Marie Deleuze lost her nephew, Pierre-Paul Sean Paul Jr., after he was gunned down in Cambria Heights, Queens. He was 20 years old. She says her message to the mayor was, 
survivors need help too. If you lost somebody to gun violence in your area, in your house, in your housing facility, you should be moved because you're in danger too. Mayor Adams says the meeting with the families was one part of his overall strategy to reduce gun violence. When I speak to these mothers and say I want to put a plan closed anti-gun unit in place, they're saying, what took you so long? Part of the plan, Adams says, is bringing a reformed version of the anti-crime unit back, a squad that was criticized for being too aggressive, but earned accolades for getting guns off the street and cutting crime. Adams also pledges to step up the efforts of the NYPD's Joint Gun Task Force to target and take down gang members. We're going to roll it out. We're not going to do anything in secret. When the commissioner finalizes the final operation, we're going to do a nice presentation, let you see exactly how it is. Adams says this is just the beginning, though. He plans to have similar meetings in each borough, look at the practices, and then create a comprehensive strategy to tackle gun violence. In Washington, so, you know, we're, again, he's reinventing the wheel. He doesn't really have to reinvent the wheel. We know how to do this. We know how to get guns. Anti-crime was one of the most successful units in the history of the NYPD. He's going to bring it back. But at the same time, he's talking out the side of his mouth. He's going with for the woke, progressive nonsense of this Manhattan DA Bragg and several of the other uh, boroughs DAs. They're all going, look, I'm not lock them up, throw them away, key, uh, throw them away the key. I'm a little smarter than that, I think. But when someone sticks a gun in someone's face, there should be a jail cell, cell reserved for that person. And I don't want to hear about, you know, diversion. Let's get him some counseling. No, it's too late for the counseling. He stuck a gun in someone's face. I also want to mention Article 35 of the penal law, which is justification. He, is he going to rewrite that? Because it says to prevent and terminate a robbery, you can use deadly physical force. So if a store owner, now with the kind of gentler DA in check, has a guy stick a gun in his face and he pulls out his license handgun and kills the guy, is he going to prosecute the store owner? Yeah, it, it, it has to be a two-way street here. And you know what, Bill? When we get into conversations about no life sentences for any crimes, I, I, I read that in the, in the uh, memo, in the verbiage, and that to me in itself is disturbing. So you're saying that if someone takes another person's life and they get sentenced to life in prison, does New York County, they're not going to sentence him to life in prison under this district attorney? It's it's bizarre. It's it's over the top. But listen, if this continues on uh, going into 2020, we're going to see crime surges that we've never seen in, in, in decades. Uh, we were around in the 90s. We were around in the 80s of the crack, uh, crack epidemic, the heroin crisis. Uh, and in 95, when Rudy Giuliani took over and we were enforcing these low-level street crimes, we had a massive reduction in crime. And we all know it. It's the truth. Anybody, that, it's on, the numbers are out there. They don't lie. It's on paper. You just have to go and look for it. This is going to, we're going to see a crime surge that we've never seen in a long, long time. There's a pattern here, Ronnie, that's going on, and it's going on throughout the country. There's a man by the name of George Soros that is backing and funding. He gave Bragg's campaign a million dollars. Now, I'm trying to corroborate the exact amount, but I was told it was a million dollars. There's a couple other things. I was actually on a phone conversation. That's why I came on late. Uh, Bragg supposedly has a person, and I'm not going to mention the person's name because I haven't corroborated it 100% yet, but he supposedly has a person on his transition team, a convicted gangbanging, drug dealing, lowlife, 
that got out of jail on a technicality. He was quoted in a book. He was quoted in a book by that was done by his own sister, where he admits to torching a location during some drug uh, wars in uh, Brooklyn North during the 80s. Uh, he was put in jail. He got out. He's an activist. So you have an activist DA bringing activists, criminal activists, into his campaign, and it's all funded by George Soros. This is not the first DA that he's bragged throughout the, uh, uh, that he's uh, backed throughout the country. There's been many others. They're always radical. They always want to defund the police. This is another way of defunding the police. If you take away the prosecutorial part of Law enforcement, it's just like defunding the police because if a police officer knows that he's going to put handcuffs on somebody and it's not going to be prosecuted, he's going to throw up his hands, he's going to walk away, he's not going to enforce the law, and this is just a different way of defunding the police. I, I don't know how George Soros is allowed to do these things, how he's not brought up on criminal charges. It's completely ridiculous. It, it, it's It's just anti-American, anti-everything we stand for. And it's obvious that they want to make Manhattan, New York County, they want to make it the Wild West. They don't want to have enforcement of low-level crimes, middle-level crimes, and obviously, as Billy pointed out, burglaries, robberies. I mean, what's next? What's next? You know, Ron, they, they, recently in Brooklyn, they took down, I think, 17 gangbangers. And they were responsible for like eight murders, and I don't know how many shootings. But now, using the philosophy of the Manhattan DA's office, should we now give them counseling? What should we do with them? You know, yeah. or do they get prosecuted? Or do we feel sorry for them because they're 17? A lot of them are 17 and 18, and they're young. They killed eight people, and I, they shot I don't know how many more. Just They're a menace to society. So we should now think, let's, oh, what kind of diversion? They don't need, they're not, they don't need drug treatment. They're not drug addicts. They're violent little thugs. Yeah, Bill and Phil, the frightening part about this is this is him just getting started. We're in the fifth day of 2022. He was just sworn in. So this Manhattan district attorney is just getting the wheels going. So if this is a preview of what we have to see going forward, what's next? What does he do for a round of applause? Uh, it's, it's frightening on many levels. And we could talk about decarceration because that's going to come next. Uh, letting all the uh, criminals out of the Manhattan House of Detention and all of these other things that got that they are in control of in the county of New York, New York City. That's Manhattan for you folks outside of, uh, of New York. Uh, listen, come and see the Rockefeller Christmas tree has taken on a new light now. Going to see a Broadway show has taken on a new light because I can tell you this, I won't allow my family, my kids, my wife, my, my immediate family to go into the city uh, under these terms. And that's how strongly I feel about this. I like to stay for the rest of the show, Bill, but I got a couple of things I got to get to. No, Ron, but listen, wanna... thank you. Thank you so much for um, stopping you, by. Man. As you can see, I, I'm so hopped up on this. I'm so, I mean, when we put our life's blood into a profession and we made New York City the safest large city in America after it was one of the most dangerous cities in America and it's almost like giving the, the keys to the city to children that are going to invoke policies that are they're just bound to failure. And when Bragg says, we have proof that it works, show me the proof, Alvin and the chipmunks yeah. here. Show me the proof that this works. Show me the statistics. Because, you know, progressives are always saying, you know, when you look at the science, where is the science that this works? I want to see it. It doesn't work because you have no statistics that it does. 
look at California. There, there's an example of it working. It's not working. You know, you have chaos, you have anarchy. You're going to have people, you have criminals running New York City, running the streets of Manhattan. And it's, it's despicable. But I want to say thank you to all your live chatters, everybody in the live chat. You guys are awesome. Thank you for supporting Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. These two guys are uh, fantastic. I, I can't wait to see what we got co- you know, going forward in uh, 2022 for you guys. But I got to run. Thanks, guys, for having all me. All right, on. Ron. Thanks, buddy. Take care, Ronnie. Good seeing you. You see, Phil, I'm all, I'm like really mad. I'm like, Billy, you read my mind because I've been infuriated since last night. I, I just, every time I hear it, first of all, all I see on the news is that, oh, the, the Democrats, they elected a, uh, a, a law and order mayor in New York City. Now, I get it. He's a law and order mayor. He's saying a lot of the right things. But if you have a police, com- I'm sorry, if you have a mayor that puts a police commissioner in and they get behind the police officers and the police officers go out and do their job, but you take away the most important part of it is the prosecutorial part of it. What good is it? How can Eric Adams do anything in New York County if he's got a DA and the other DAs are going to fall in check? They're not going to, you know, in, in New York City, the five boroughs, Manhattan really leads the way and sets the tone for the, the outer boroughs. What's going to happen? They're all going to follow suit and do the same thing that he's doing. I doubt very highly if you commit a crime in Brooklyn and you commit the same crime in in Manhattan and you don't get charged, that they're going to say, well, we're charging. They're going to all fall into line. Now, I think what's happening is, is they're taking the the uh the energy and and the the positiveness that he was gonna uh you know he was gonna implement Adams, uh, the mayor of New York, the new mayor. He's taken away, they're, they're taking away all of his power by not, you know, by not prosecuting the crimes. Now, you brought up gangbangers before. A 17-year-old kid gets caught up in a gang. He gets arrested. You want to re- uh, uh, incarcerate him and you want to correct him, the corrections department. You want to rehabilitate him. I get it. But it doesn't happen overnight. And they have to know that what I did, I shot somebody. I'm going to do five years in jail, 10 years in jail, whatever it is. And during that period of time, if they want to work on, uh, rehabilitating this person to get back into society. I am all for that. That's what the whole correction department and, and the criminal justice system is about. But you cannot say you could shoot somebody or you commit a burglary or you could do all of these things and carry guns and be arrested with a gun four and five and six and seven times and you're out the door before the police officer that arrested you is finishing the paperwork. You're back out on the street. It's sending the wrong message. I don't understand why this is so hard to, to grasp. And I just hope that the politicians in New York are as outraged as we are because the laws are on the books, okay? The laws are there. We need people to enforce the laws. And then once the laws are enforced by the police, the second part of it is law and order, as we know from the television show, you need to prosecute and follow up. And if there's going to be, you know, a rehabilitation of a person, by all means, but the incarceration part is what people fear. We need to know that there's going to be that part of law and order and law enforcement or else we're living in a lawless society. There needs to be teeth in the law. And uh, one of the things that I would I want to say is that the barometer for violent crime used to always be robbery. And if your robberies were up in a precinct, that was a sign to the precinct commander that you have a violence problem. Now this woke DA is telling us that robbery is not a violent crime, apparently, unless you shoot someone or hurt someone during the commission of that robbery. How about the victims of the robbery, the store owners? How about... How about, let's, Phil, let's talk about a, a plane on the street purse snatch. 
How many old ladies have you seen dragged into the street and killed by some nonviolent purse snatcher? I, I, I was a rip sergeant for five years. I can't tell you how many old women were killed because they wouldn't let go of their pocketbook. And the fleet-footed robber, now you're going to say, oh, it's a, we're not going to prosecute that. Although once the force, now it's, it's a forcible robbery. But is that worse, gra- dragging an old lady into the street by her pocketbook than sticking a gun in someone's face? Which is worse? I'm having a hard time to understanding this. You know, Billy, I'm just glad that you brought that up because a lot of people don't realize the differences between robbery, burglary, purse snatch, grand larceny. There's technicalities in the law, but uh, really quick, there was an incident, I think it was about two months ago, where a a woman, I don't know if she was a senior citizen, but she was a middle-aged woman or older, whatever it was, they went to grab her purse, they threw her down the stairs, and she wound up succumbing to her injuries. She was killed. The person was arrested. Now, if there's no uh, fear of you know, committing these type of robberies, even though the guy didn't stick a gun in her face, but he became violent. He pulled her purse when there was a struggle. She goes down the flight of stairs. She uh, develops a head injury and she dies from her injuries. So you took uh, a grand larceny, which started out as a grand larceny, a purse snatch, and it turned into a homicide. So there's no deterrence if we allow these kind of crimes to go unnoticed, uh, in the criminal justice system, we're not going to charge them. And when we get into the lower offenses, the pettit larcenies, if you go to a place like San Francisco in different areas of California, you can't find a CVS to go in and buy a pack of gum because they close down because they're walking in and they're emptying the shelves and they're not even being stopped at the door. So this is the trend. We're looking at it on the West Coast. It's going to be coming to the East Coast if we don't enforce the law. It's just, it's really common sense. And it's it's mind-boggling that there's a district attorney in New York in 2022 that wants to implement these things, and everyone isn't like pulling their hair out, hair out of their head and going crazy. You know, I, you know, Phil, you, you you watched the uh, the video that I played of him talking about. I grew up in Harlem. I have had guns put to my head, knives put to my. So what are you trying all to say? All the more reason that he should be. Yeah. So what are you trying war. to say? So because you know what it's like. We should all commiserate with the people sticking guns and knives to people's heads. CR Patrick, thank you so much for for the $5 super chat. To all you guys in the chat, this is um, Coffee with Cannon. I'm a little wound up today. I'm just so pissed off at this. I just, it, it's it's destroying a city. It's New York City's going to get worse. The smiling Mayor Adams, you know, he's a wolf. He's a, he's a, he's a wolf in sheep's clothing as far as I'm concerned. And He's going to have to prove to me that he really wants to be a crime fighter because he's never been a crime fighter in his entire police career. So let's see what he does. And then, you know, this DA, DAs do not make the law. They're supposed to prosecute the law. So he can't change the law. That's for legislators to do. And, you know, Albany's scary now, too. So I wouldn't be surprised if they follow suit. They have this bail reform and all these horrendous things. What does this do for police officers? on the street trying to do their job. I tell you the truth, I'd be confused. I wouldn't know what to do. Should I lock this guy up? They're not going to prosecute him. And then I'm putting my life, my career, my family at risk, arresting someone at the DA's office isn't going to prosecute. When we were on the job, if a district attorney didn't want to prosecute, they'd do what was called the decline prosecution. And we would usually get pissed off when that happened. Right now, how do you know? Should I arrest this person? But they they may not prosecute him. 
Listen, in the district attorney's office, uh, they have what we call is uh, they, they have like a, a conviction rate as opposed to, you know, acquittal or dropping of charges. So when they charge somebody, they want to get a conviction for the most part. And there's been arguments in my presence where I had a 90 year old woman that, uh, you know, she was walking on the street. A guy got out of jail. The first thing he did, he went to rob her purse. He was arrested. He actually, a civilian held him. Long story short, they didn't want to prosecute the case because they said, how are we going to get this 90-year-old woman to the grand jury to testify? She's not going to be a good witness. So they wanted to defer the case. They wanted to defer prosecution, like you said. I got on the phone with the district attorney, and I said, I will make it my business, even if I have to come in on the day off. I will pick this woman up. I will bring her to the grand jury. I will deliver her to you. This went on for hours and hours. I had a great boss at the time, Larry Holtling, who was a lieutenant commander of the detective squad in Bay Ridge. And he fought and fought and fought. And guess what? The district attorney's office won. They were worried about their batting order. Now, the reason I bring that up is because a guy like Alvin Bragg, uh, he's probably taken this stand because he obviously wants to destroy New York City. But they could. it sounds like they're only going to focus on slam dunk cases that they can get 100% conviction rate on. And it takes the, the, the little bit more difficult cases where you have to prosecute somebody and it just throws them to the side. And at the end of the day, what is this going to affect in the community? It's going to affect minorities. It's going to affect the people that he came from Harlem. He came from a, 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 a rough and tumble neighborhood. That's where it's going to affect the most because the people in those neighborhoods that are out of control, that are committing the crimes, they're just going to get further and further into it, do more and more stuff. And places like Harlem, and he's like fooling the people. He's, he's at, I come from Harlem. I had a gun to my head. He's trying to make out like he's going to do things good for the people. And if you're not paying attention and you're just an everyday citizen that's trying to feed your family and going to work and whatever it is that you're doing, that you're busy in your life, you may think, oh, he's good. Meanwhile, the neighborhoods, the inner city neighborhoods are going to get worse. These are the neighborhoods that will suffer the most. That's the best part of it. He He's acting like he's a law and order guy. He comes from Harlem. He had a gun to his head, but that's where it's going to affect the most. It's not going to affect Fifth Avenue in Manhattan as much as it is going to affect Harlem in an area where there's projects and stuff, that's where things are going to be out of control. The, the gangbangers are going to be running the area. You're not going to be able to go out of the house. It's it's going to be it's going to be the wild west. That's the bottom line, folks. This is Coffee with Cannon. We're discussing uh, the new district attorney Alvin Bragg, the new mayor Eric Adams, and the new police commissioner Keyshant. Uh, what's the last? Sewell, uh, brand new from uh, chief of detectives from Nassau County. Um, we, Phil and I, have both been, uh, you know, veterans of the NYPD. Phil did 21 years. I did 27. And we're very disturbed by what's going on. And um, I, I I don't like when politicians, you know, try to bullshit you, you know. And, like, Adams is acting like this big crime fighter, but yet now he's ready to sing Kumbaya with Alvin Bragg and and make this happen. Uh, NYPD captain, thank you for the 499 Super Chat. Adams is making too many grandiose promises. Too much talking in press conferences. Election is over. Time to get to work. Andrew DeStefano. Good to see you, Andrew. Thank you so much. Andrew was that, a captain. That's a good point. They need to stay. I want to see the police commissioner and the mayor call out this DA because it's ridiculous what he's doing. Uh, Adams wants to do things to bring back anti-crime, to uh, target gun crimes and stuff like that, which is all well and good. But we have these other things that he's going to ignore. He needs to be called out on it. Let's start today because it's going to affect 
the neighborhoods. It's going to affect the minority community. Let's start today. Call him out, Mr. Mayor. Call him out, Commissioner. He needs to be called out. How could we do the job as NYPD police officers? How can they do the job? How could you ask them to do the job when you're not going to prosecute the crimes that they're making arrests on? It's ridiculous. You know, I want to read the comments from the uh, president of the uh, Detectives Endowment Association. Bragg gives criminals the roadmap to freedom from prosecution and control of our streets, said the head of the NYPD Detectives Endowment Association. Um, In Bragg's Manhattan, you can resist arrest, deal drugs, obstruct arrest, and even carry a gun and get away with it, DE President Paul Diacomo said in a prepared statement. The head of the NYPD's largest union, the Police Benevolent Association, also expressed Serious concerns about the message these types of policies send to both police officers and criminals on the street. Um, Police officers don't want to be sent out to enforce laws that the the district attorney's office won't prosecute. Voila, of course. I mean, it it makes no sense whatsoever. So why would you send, and how does a precinct commander send his troops out and say, I want you to look for this and look for that and look for robberies? Why? If they're not going to prosecute, why are we locking up robbers? You know, I mean, are we there to be scarecrows? Or are we there to do proactive police work? Are we there to take down gangbangers with guns, or, or are they going to get uh, they're going to go on picnics at the DA's office? What, what's going to happen here? It's it, it's just completely absurd. Paul DiGiacomo from the Dick, uh, Detectives Endowment Association. That's the the poster right behind me. He's the president of our union. I know Paul since. 1982. Uh, we came on the job together. Uh, he's been very outspoken about this. He's hundred percent right. We're given the roadmap to crime and uh, just how to do it and not get caught and not get being incarcerated and not get in trouble for it. You're given the roadmap to the criminals. You're giving it to the gangbangers. Again, we, we cited prostitution. Prostitution is aimed at young women. Why would we want to do this to young women in our community? Why would we want to target them for such a thing like prostitution? And that's what these pimps do. You know, uh, the, the 70s pimps aren't what, what goes on today. There's the 70s pimps with the big hat and the, and the sunglasses. That That's not, that's just like a, 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 a mirage. It's, so a caric- it's a caricature. Yeah, it's a caricature. Today, it, you have these young thugs that don't walk around with a big pimp hat, but they target runaways. They target at uh, ch- troubled children. And then they they embrace them and they tell them, don't worry, I'm going to take care of you. Next thing you know, they put them on the street. They, It's disgusting. But that's what's going to be uh, not enforced in New York County. I mean, come on, where are the women's groups? Let's get, let's get together here. Let's get on the same page. You want to talk about empowering women? This is empowering. Come on. I have daughters. It's it's disgusting what's going on. Disgusting. Real, and he calls himself a district attorney? Shame real with him. Uh, real with Robo. Thanks for the $5 super chat. Yano, Cannon, you and all the boys and all the NYPD can always move to my city. We hire MPD all the time. We have apartments here too. I'm not looking to move out because of this. I, I would like to try to see New York get better. I don't see it. I mean, Look, Eric Adams is a very good speaker. He knows he's he's a politician, but we I never worked with Eric Adams as a cop. I've heard a lot about him. He was never a crime fighter. So when he talks about fighting crime, he's not talking about a personal perspective. He's talking about a theoretic uh theoretical perspective. And um 
Let's, I, and I said, I said, I'm rooting for him. I hope he turns this city around. But of there's course. no way he can turn it around with a district attorney like this. It's an absolute out and out joke. It's it's just um, look. He's got the tools at his fingertips. We've stated this before. The tools are there. What he needs to do is get behind the police department, along with the police commissioner. Get behind the cops. Let them know. Look. If you do your job correctly, and we don't want to see any kind of police brutality, and we're not into that, obviously. Do the job correctly. Bring back stop, question, and frisk. Bring back anti-crime. Let the police officers do what they have to do. And if something should happen, God forbid, that is in the questionable gray area of law enforcement, call for calm. Ask for an investigation. Wait for the facts to be had. You cannot just go off on a tangent the minute that... God forbid a white police officer shoots a, shoots a black perpetrator and possibly the person's unarmed. You cannot jump to conclusions. You have to call for an investigation. And if the investigation reveals that the police officer acted inappropriately, then by all means, he should follow the, the same consequences of anybody else in the city that does uh, a criminal act or, or, or shoots somebody unjustifiably. But in most of the cases, most of the cases, the the investigation reveals that the officer did in fact act within the guidelines of the law, then that's the way it's got to go. If it's not 100% within the guidelines of the law, then the chips are going to fall. But if it is, call for calm. Don't allow things to get out of control. This is the things that need to be done when there's some type of an incident like that. But if the Police officers have the backing of the mayor and the police commissioner. Hopefully, everybody does it in a proper way. We'll never have one of those incidents. What we may have is we may have a reduction in crime. We may be able to go back into Manhattan and enjoy New York City, the mecca of the world, and enjoy it without having to look over your shoulder. I mean, there's been a rash of stick-ups where they're, they're, they're looking at somebody with a fancy watch, sticking a gun in their chest and taking their Rolex or whatever watch it is. And there was a couple incidents where they shot and killed people. I mean, it's, it, you can't go out of your house and put on your, your nice watch because some thug is going to stick a gun in your face and rob you. And, you know, it's like the media is really not even focusing on these things. You know, it starts with the broken windows policy and then it just goes right up the ladder to all the other different crimes. So we have the tools. Let's get behind the cops. Let's try. This guy's got to be called out. I'm sorry. And, and I think that people within his office are probably outraged at the policies that he's enacting. Yeah, and but you I, know, Phil, he's not He's not the only one. The Brooklyn DA is the same. Oh, the yeah. Queens, the Queens DA is an activist. You know, the Bronx DA is not, you know, a, a big uh, law enforcement person either. So I don't know about Staten Island, but it, this is not... You know, this is not an aberration of just the Manhattan DA. This is a woke, progressive uh, law enforcement prosecutorial policy that, and the thing that really kills me is that how they swear it's going to make us safer. Didn't de Blasio say that? De Blasio said that as murders started creeping up to 500. De Blasio said that as all crime. And then they, they have the balls to blame it on COVID. COVID has nothing to do with it. Your policies have everything to do with it. So it's like, you know, the, you get back to that old expression, don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining because that's what you're doing right now. Billy, there was a statistic recently that showed, and it proves exactly what you just said regarding COVID. They said that the areas where 
there was not uh, a large amount of crime. The people were locked down and there was less crime. So the COVID actually caused crime to go down. But in the democratically run cities where there was no law and order, where they weren't enforcing certain things, that's where the crime skyrocketed. The statistic is there. COVID cannot be blamed for an increase in criminal activity. It's just a lie. It's a BS story. It's not true. They have statistics that show in the areas where people lock down in I, I don't want to bring politics into it, but in the red states or the red areas where there were Republican and, and uh, uh, specifically uh, police officers and, and uh, politicians that were enforcing the law where crime was actually down because of COVID. If people were locked down and they weren't out and about, the activity of uh, the criminal activity was less. It's a statistic. But you have the democratically run cities where, you know, you were allowed to riot and rampage and loot and nothing was happening. That's where the crime skyrocketed. It, it, it's just a simple formula. This is common sense. We have all the statistics. We have the science. And anybody that doubts it is just a pl plain old fat liar. You know, co common sense these days is not not all that common, as they used to say on the police department. Uh, it's not all that common. And it's disturbing to me. And I'm sorry I'm so wound up over this. But when someone tells me that, sticking a gun in someone's face is now going to be prosecuted as a misdemeanor. I just, I lose my lunch over that. I mean, I just, I, to me, you know, the barometer for violence is robbery. And you're going to tell me it's not a violent. And also look how they, they sneak around and say, burglary is not a violent crime either. Well, if I'm home, it's going to become violent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Listen, Billy, uh, I cited the, the incident with Louis Miller, detective Louis Miller, who was killed and Mark Del Pino was shot. I was present for that. That was a burglary. That was someone breaking into an apartment and they didn't know that the person was armed. And when they encountered them, a shootout ensued and Louis Miller was killed. So I will classify burglary as a violent crime every time. Uh, you, you can't go by what the intent is. The intent uh, is to break into the home. But if he's got a gun on him and he's challenged and he's going to kill somebody, then you have a violent crime. I mean, it's it's really not that hard to figure out. And, you know, we have in the Constitution that you're allowed to protect yourself. You're allowed to the right to bear arms and protect your family. Now, they're getting to the point where they want you to sit in your house and if someone breaks in that you're supposed to sit there and say, please don't harm me and allow them to have their way with you and, and, and rob your house and not do anything. That's not happening in my house. I'm sorry. I, no. And I would rather be judged by 12 than carried by six. That's the old saying. And I think that, you know, there's, you know, society today, we have, we have, Law and order. We're supposed to have it. And we're supposed, that's like the number one rule of government is to protect the people, isn't it? I mean, aren't, aren't, isn't that what, what public safety Public safety should be the number one priority of government. Of course, Absolutely. of course. And we're slowly but surely, they want to take away the guns. They want us to not have the right to bear arms. They want us not to have the right to protect ourselves. And then we have a police department. There's areas of the country where you call 911 and the police will not respond. They just can't. They won't respond well, to certain well, Sorry, we're, we're closed between midnight and eight. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. It, yeah. and, and listen, it all comes from the defund the police nonsense. It's just uh, more fallout. But uh, I just feel like uh, Alvin Bragg is a liar. 
He's a disgusting individual that he says he comes from Harlem and he wants to make his, his uh, city better. It's just completely opposite of what he's saying, the things that he's doing. He's a lawyer. And the minority community, the Harlem community, the people that he's saying that he wants to represent are going to be directly affect, affected more than any other area of the city. It's just common sense. Well, Real with Robo, thank you for the $5 Super Chat. Cannon, the mayor, the DA, all them need to ask the NYPD what they want to help them do their jobs, not prosecuting law makes all crimes acceptable. That's the whole, our whole dissertation here, Real with Robo. We 100% agree with you. I didn't want to go much over 45 minutes. We're at 48 minutes because we get carried away. We start talking so much. You can see how wound up I am and how upset I am over, over this DA. And just the the acceptance, I I think Adams is down with it. He's almost acting like, oh, I didn't know anything about this. No, you knew all about it. Stop the bullshit. And they're they're all in the same game. And you know something? It's going to be a disaster. Six months, a year from now, you're going to see crime uptick. Uh, you know, and I'm predicting do double percentage points. And then they're going to all say, oh my god, this uh, this woke progressiveness is not working. So Phil, just last words. We got to get uh, say goodbye. Real quick, last words. I mean, a lot of the things that Duty Ron was talking about, prostitution, jumping the uh, jump in the turnstile, fare evasion. I mean, we cannot run a subway system and people don't pay the fare because what happens is the less people that pay, the higher the fare goes up. And who does it affect? It affects, again, the people with the least amount of money that just trying to make it, getting to work, and the, and the fare keeps going up and up. Phil, Phil you know, they, they have an answer for that. Congestion pricing. They're going to charge the people from the suburbs who drive their car in there to pay for the turnstile jumpers. It's ridiculous. There's a large percentage of people that don't pay the fare, and it's going to continue to go up when you don't prosecute the crimes. Um, listen, I think we we really hit most of the points. It's a lot of common sense here. I uh, just wanted to bring out one other point. Billy, I got my chef's coat from Amazon today, so we're going to be doing another couple of videos regarding... Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be veal cutlet parmesan with Phil. That's right. That's yes, right. We, got, we got that. We got another one coming up, so we'll do those. We're going to get them out there. Uh, you know, I'm looking forward to 2022 because I had such a horrible 21, and I got to tell you the truth. This kind of puts a damper on things because... Uh, we, we have a progressive DA in New York County, the mecca of the world, uh, Manhattan, New York City. And uh, I don't see good things coming. Let's hope that we could uh, turn this around and, and call this guy out and uh, get behind the mayor and, and the police commissioner and the cops and uh, do some good police work and turn things around in 2022. Um, let's see what happens. Let's 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 hope. You know, folks, I'm sorry that Coffee with Cannon today became bitching with Bill, but sometimes that <laughs> it, sometimes it, that happens. It was so hijacked, guys, but thank uh, you so much for listening and have a great day. Have a safe day. Stay safe, everybody.